Demons run when a good man goes to war. Night will fall and drown the sun when a good man goes to war. Friendship dies and true love lies. Night will fall and the dark will rise when a good man goes to war. Demons run but count the cost. The battle's won but the child is lost. Two! This is Kyrie Payton. I'm Ezekiel on The Walking Dead, and I love listening to Two True Freaks Network. I think maybe you should too. Hi, welcome to The Fear of the Walking Dead. Yeah, do that again. Hi. That's what happens when you record on a Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, hi, welcome to your very late post Thanksgiving Fear of the Walking Dead cast. Uh, I'm Scott McGregor, joined by Brian and Beth Hughes and Mikey Zumo. Hello. Oh, yeah. hello, I am here. Still somewhere. processing the excessive choleric intake from the holidays. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. Was everyone as much of a human pig as I was, hopefully? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> God. My wife, she puts on quite a spread. People come for days after it's done just to get leftovers. It's, it's obscene, right? <laughs> I fight them off the stuffing with the pickaxe and, you know, a blowtorch. It's, just, uh, I was looking at the table this year, and I was just like, this is just so obscene what us Americans do to our own stomachs every year. But it's so glorious. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't. I didn't get any really good leftovers because I, I went to Dad's, and he cooked, and there were, there were like 15 of us, so there weren't much leftovers. Well, something I'm really curious to try is taking all the leftovers and putting it into an egg roll, the egg and then and then dipping That'll it be in a leftover roll. Yeah, leftover roll. You, you you roll it up into the egg roll. You you deep fry it, and then you you dip it into cranberry sauce. I believe the uh, the restaurant the Honeywell works at does something like that. <laughs> Their egg rolls. Well, I've always been big on the Monte Cristos. I don't know if you've ever had those sandwiches before. Oh yeah, but. And, and yeah, there's a place down here that makes them because we don't have any Bennigans close by anymore. I don't even know Bennigans is around anymore. But that was oh, I miss I miss Bennigans. Just for that, just for the Monte Cristo. That's you know. But yeah, I miss Bennigans too. Tonight's show is sponsored by Bennigans. If they still exist, yeah, I know it sounds familiar. I don't know if I've ever eaten in one or not. I think I ate in one in San Francisco actually. But. I don't remember too much about San Francisco, so that could be a, completely an illusion. Anywho. All I know about ben- Bennigan's is that there was always a waitress named Brittany and always a waitress, waitress named Tiffany. Well, yeah, I think it's And they always worked on opposite sides of the building because they got close to each other, they fought. Okay. Um, I'm betting that's not really happening in every single Bennigan's around the country, but... Uh, I don't know what what kind of sample size. Why the fuck are we talking about theme restaurants? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about food, so segued into non Thanksgiving related food stuff. I guess this is what happens when you record on a Saturday night, folks. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> uh, Anybody do Black Friday this year? Oh, hell no, no, no. Pay me enough to um, anybody. 
though. We're doing The Walking Dead tonight, uh, the that, that show we talked about, uh, Season 8, Episode 5, to be exact. I didn't catch, what was the uh, name of this episode again? Oh, my. I forgot. I can tell you, give me uno momento, it is the big scary you. The what, what? The big scary you. Oh, that's right. The big scary you, with you being just you, the letter U. What right. Prince right. Right. Scary <laughs> University, I guess it would be. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but yes, uh, the big scary you, and um, in a flashback, we get uh, Father Gabriel praying in a church. I think it's in the one in Alexandria. He tells God, I didn't think it was his church, was it? Uh, it looked like the, a different one then. Yeah, I think that was one in Alexandria, if they, whatever they turned into a church. He, he tells God that he fears a fruitless death and, uh, death and asks for purpose. And another flashback, before Rick's attack on the sanctuary, Simon wakens a sleeping Gregory with uh, breakfast that he, he made from, uh, you know, hilltop sorghum. He was very proud of that. And summons him to the Savior's meeting room. Well, he was just a little too obsessed with giving him some love in that tummy. Yeah, that, that was yeah, referenced like a couple times in this episode. And we're like, oh, all right, you guys spend way too much time with each other. Uh, I mean, for real, he had pancakes, eggs, and uh, I'm, I'm like, damn, he looked like he even had syrup there. He had a better breakfast than I did. Yeah. You know, it, so- it sounds like <laughs> Aaron. It sounds like Aaron may actually have some choices in the apocalypse. It's possible, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Jesus liked to hang around with lots of guys, too, and I think he does in this show as well. <clears throat> Gregory meets with Negan and his lieutenants, who are Simon, Dwight, Gavin, Regina, and Eugene, and offers to help the saviors by exiling any hilltop pre- uh, resident who joins Rick's alliance. Negan questions Gregory's true allegiance and doubts that he holds any influence over the Hilltoppers. And Simon supports Gregory's plan, though, and he suggests that they return back to Hilltop, and if uh, people won't comply, you know, basically they, they kind of nuke the whole town, you know, kill everyone that doesn't uh, join uh, Gregory's, you know, Hilltop, basically. But Negan shuts that down. He shuts that shit down, as he would say. And he explains that people are a resource, and we must stay tactful and focus on just killing the right people at the right time. Very important. And uh, Negan plans to capture Rick, Maggie, and Ezekiel and kill them all in a public and bloody way, an instructive way, he says. And the meeting is interrupted by the sudden sound of gunfire. Negan peers out a dirty window and sees Rick's army, and he walks out to greet his visitors, and his lieutenants follow. So basically, we're 12 minutes into the episode, and we've just watched the 12 minutes that happened before the first 12 minutes of the first episode. Try to keep up, kids. That was a long-ass cold open. It was. Well, it hasn't even gotten to the credits yet. That's that's crazy. It was actually like 15 minutes in before the opening credits run. (laughs) But... uh, (sighs) Right from the start, I want to say I actually really liked this episode, but wow, talk about an hour worth of television that covered about 20 minutes of real time. (laughs) This this is what's called Filler Plus uh, episode right here. It went nowhere as far as, you know, the universe and the rest of the plot is concerned. Well, a little bit with Daryl and Rick show that they shoehorned in again, but we'll get to that. 
back in the present. Presumably, Negan and Gabriel are hiding out in the trailer uh, following the attack in Sanctuary, and walkers are <laughs> pounding uh, on the uh, side of the uh, trailer, obviously, but these are like the most unmotivated walkers I think we've ever seen in the apocalypse. Uh, they're just kind of like, it looks like they're actually just rubbing the windows. <laughs> you know? uh, we've seen them like rip gates off and shit, and, and this trailer is keeping them all out, but whatever. It made for some nice scenes. Uh, yep, so uh, Negan suddenly asks Gabriel why he helped uh, Gregory, you know, what a scumbag he was, and he tells Negan that he fears a fruitless death, and uh, after some reflection, Gabriel concludes that they were destined to end up in the trailer together. I think I'm here to take your confession, he says, and, and we finally get to the opening credits. We're almost that was that was a creepy look on his face when uh, when he said that. There were, you know, I mean, Negan had already said that he was creepy in that regard, but it, I think he just put that put the cherry on top in that moment when he told him about his confession. Yeah, I don't know, just perfect. He definitely brought the creepiness. Might as well play the type if you're sitting there with the man in the bat. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, bringing God into it is probably Gabriel's only hope at this point. So you might as well shoot for the moon. He had the right idea. He's wearing the brown pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wearing the shitting pants. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, had yeah. to throw in some Deadpool humor there. That's all. <laughs> okay. I'm fiddling around with my setup here. Can you hear us still? <laughs> yeah. I'm using my phone because my computer is not working right. Yeah. Back on the uh, Daryl and Rick Roadshow, uh, we questioned a dying Yago after running his truck off the highway, if you remember last episode. And Yago informs them all uh, that all the saviors and the kingdom fighters at the chemical plant were killed, except for Ezekiel, um, you know, Axeman, Jerry, and Carol. And he uh, succumbs to it. And crazy, short-haired lady, I think he called her. Um, An act description. Yep. And he succumbs to his injuries and dies. Back in the trailer, Negan says that he'll wait out a little longer in case his lieutenants figure out how to rescue him. Uh, he shows concern about this, though, about his people thinking that he's dead and explains that a lot of people will die within the sanctuary walls if he's not there to keep things in order. Eventually, he gives Gabriel the, uh, we're not so different, you and I speech. You know, you, you want to help people? I want to help people. And uh, kind of from his point of view, he actually explains it pretty well, you know. Meanwhile, Negan's lieutenants convene in the meeting room to formulate a plan of action. And Regina suggests that they send a gr group of workers, basically send out the pawns to to distract the, wa uh, the walkers and let the lieutenants escape. Uh, to warn the outposts, Eugene predicts that this would cause the already anxious workers to rebel, probably, and Dwight agrees. Gavin points out that this didn't just happen. Someone at the sanctuary, you know, must have uh, helped Rip's group, so, so it's like, we got a rat in this room. Uh, and Dwight kind of deflects the implied implication uh, that it is him or Eugene and tells Simon that if he doesn't leave the savers out, he will. Later on, Eugene knocks on Dwight's apartment door and thinks he's got a new buddy, and he thanks him for taking his side, and Dwight's just like, dude, I was just, you know, I wasn't getting your back. You were just right, and I was pointing out you were right, and, you know, things were going to start getting real paranoid in there, so I had to do something. While examining the decor, he picks up a freshly painted figurine from Dwight's chessboard and gets some red paint on his fingers. Remember that detail, kids. 
Back yeah. in the trailer, Negan shares some of his history and philosophies with Gabriel. He hints that uh, you know he's taken care of kids before, or showed them the way. And he explains that everyone has weaknesses and how before he took over the sanctuary was full of weak people. Uh, the previous leader allowed people to be weak, and it was him that made them strong, of course. Of course it was. Yeah. Gabriel suggested confession by beating the weaker people, presumably. Uh, Gabriel suggests confession, uh, reasoning that they you know, well may die soon in the trailer, and one of the walkers' arms finally gets in. In an attempt to get Negan to open up, Gabriel asks him if he had a wife before the fall, and questions uh, seems to strike a nerve with that one. And Gabe takes advantage of Negan's unsettled state and grabs his gun. For all the good that did him, Negan fights back, and Gabriel flees into a nearby room, slamming the door behind him. Uh, Walker punches through the trailer's wall, and Negan bashes its head in and tells Gabriel, well, it's time to go. I don't think my people are coming five minutes after I said we'd wait longer to see if my people are coming. It's an interesting point that Gabriel gets the gun, and Negan, you know, takes about five seconds to realize Gabriel's not going to shoot him with it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and the fact that, that Gabriel didn't shoot him with it. Well, you know, he played his hand by saying, I think I'm here to take your confession. So at that point, yeah. Negan's like, well, God's already told this guy he can't kill me, so I'm good. Right. <laughs> well, until he, until he takes his confession. Yeah. After that, yeah. all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One would think. If, if Gabriel's smart. Uh, and back on the road again, on the road again, Rick and Daryl find uh, explosives in Yago's overturned truck, and Daryl formulates a plan to get the saviors to surrender. And he suggests that they use the explosives to blow open one of the sanctuary walls, allowing the walkers to flood in and consume the place. Didn't that kind of already happen? Rick rejects the idea, worried it would endanger the innocent workers and their families, and Daryl walks off with the dynamite, intent on executing his plan on his own. And we see the Civil War heating up. Rick tries to stop him and gets punched in the face for his troubles, but uh, then Rick tackles him to the ground. And we get a brief shot of uh, Eugene at the sanctuary who's uh, playing video games and the power goes out and he whines. (laughs) As would I. As uh, Rick and Daryl fight, Rick throws the bag of dynamite towards Iago's truck and conveniently it uh, explodes and the two men watch the burning wreckage. And Rick tries unsuccessfully to start his Jeep. Uh, Daryl rides up on his bike, and it's like, you know, bad breakup scene. He rides up on his bike, and they kind of reach an uneasy peace. And Rick says he'll meet Daryl after he executes the final step of their plan. It's kind of, I thought it was kind of a lame resolution. I mean, I hope they revisit it a little bit, because it was just like, oh, they're going to have it out right now. And, you know, who's going to be the real leader of the group after this one? And, and then they're just kind of like saved by the, the exploding dynamite so the decision didn't have to be made right then but yeah but I could have seen that going really really wrong I mean because don't you think that at this point with them trying to figure out who it was that they would just turn on each other because of course only one person knew who it was wait what on yeah, them the turning the saviors turning on each other. No, no, I'm talking yeah. about Rick and Daryl. Yeah, I'm talking about Rick and Daryl. I mean, you know, this is the point where... Yeah, but didn't you mention about how they went back to look... Uh, 
uh, damn, I always forget his name. The dude with the hair. Eugene. <laughs> Eugene. <Yeah. laughs> Eugene, damn. Okay, so while Eugene is sitting there, and, and doesn't he know at this point? Oh, that's later on. You know, quick out there. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> talking about my bad. I thought that was the scene. I had yeah. I had not got to watch the show again before, so I apologize, guys. No, no. Did you not off? <laughs> no, I'm listening, but I thought it was in that scene. <laughs> okay, no, wait, I, I, mean, I didn't get to watch it again. God, shoot me. No, 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 no it's okay. Just, but but we were we were talking about the scene where Rick basically threw the dynamite on the the burning vehicle and exploded all the explosives up. And, you know, I mean, it was funny because, you know, Rick did the, uh, or was it Rick or was it Daryl that did the chokehold? And the other one said, and And Rick said, yeah, the chokehold's illegal. And that's something that happened earlier on, wasn't it? Uh, That was from an earlier episode. The chokehold, the chokehold's illegal. No, I don't know. I don't recall that. I'm going to have to look that up. It's a zombie apocalypse. Nothing's illegal. But yeah, that actually kind of summed the fight up nicely there because he's just like, chokehold's illegal, and Daryl's just like, yep, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I guess we're supposed to believe that this is all Rick's fault because his original orders were just fucking kill everybody. He didn't really specify, you know. Be careful of the workers and their families and shit until he found baby whatever the fuck her name was again, Grace, and uh, apparently has done a complete 180 uh, like he's done several times in this show and is now all about saving the, you know, the innocents supposedly now, so... I'm not sure if the rest of his group's going to buy that, though. They're like, you know, it's looking like a lot of them are like, no, you know, fuck that, dude. We got to kill all anybody that gets in our way. And Daryl, even, even though up- the whole fight. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. Go. Even though the whole fight scene was was great and all, I didn't buy the fight scene at all. I couldn't see them two going to blows. I just can't see it. Not when they're best of friends like that. Oh, I, I just don't fucking time. see it at all. <laughs> I grew up used to beat the shit out of your best friend on a weekly basis. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, I, I did find that moment. The chokehold line was a direct callback to a first season episode when Shane had to restrain Daryl by putting him in a chokehold as Daryl was trying to fight Rick with a knife. And after being taken down, Daryl calls out, chokeholds are illegal. Cool. (laughs) I haven't been able to watch, I haven't been watching Talking Dead for a while now, not pretty much since the season started, so I'm like not getting reminded of all the little Easter eggs and shit, but um, yeah, good, good, good catch. Well, no, wasn't a catch. I, mean, I, I we did watch the Talking Dead, or at least um, part of it. Yeah. And I think I, I think I heard a mention it there. I don't know. I usually get really sleepy watching Talking Dead these days. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, it's not blends as fun into as our show. <laughs> no, not at all. No. Oh, I do like the the when you get to say goodbye. You know, all the in memoriams. Those are always fun. <laughs> We could do something like that, but I'd have to, like, put it to, you know, they have this nice, pleasant music. We'd have to use death metal or something. <laughs> we wouldn't be right. And we wouldn't list a bunch of names. We just would have said The Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> Extras 1 through 48. <laughs> 
and a CGI tiger. Uh, still too soon. <laughs> but, well, I'm sorry, eating an anti-acid because I ate a spicy dinner, folks. Sorry, a little behind the scenes there. So Rick, uh, all right, did that. Daryl and Rick, a makeup breakup type thing. Okay, Negan hauls the dead walker into the trailer and urges uh, Gabriel to gut up. So even you know Negan and the Sabres know the whole cover yourself and gore thing. And he's saying that their odds of uh, you know getting the sanctuary are much higher if they work together. But Gabriel agrees to accompany him only if Negan confesses. So. Gabriel, uh, at first, though, reveals his own greatest sin, which we've heard before, locking his own congregation out of his church in the early days and leaving them to die. And Negan's like, damn, man, that's cold even for someone like me. And Negan finally tells Gabriel that before the fall, he was uh, he had cheated on his wife while she was sick. And he says that his main weakness, though, was his inability to put her down uh, when she died after the fall. And Gabriel absolves them, and Negan cuts the walker open, and they, they gut themselves up. Negan opens the door to the trailer, and uh, walkers flood inside, and Negan and Gabe walk through the courtyard, unnoticed by the herd at first, but fucking klutz motherfucker Gabriel trips and draws the walker's attention, of course. <clears throat> and they fight them, and we, you know, who knows, they cut to commercial, but looks like they're making their way to the sanctuary. Now we kind of could see this next scene coming, but Negan's lieutenants are uh, back in the meeting room. Gavin decides that the survivors must have overthrown the Savior's outpost because none of the transport trucks have appeared on the roads. Laura warns him about a uh, approaching group of workers, so uh, lieutenants find a mob of workers standing in the hallway, and Simon orders them back to the factory floor. And they say it's too hot down there and, you know, not being enough water. And you were supposed to protect us. We work and you protect us. What's going on? Have you noticed what's going on outside? The weather kind of sucks. Yeah, trouble. Uh, the capital T that rhymes with the P and that stands for pool. I'm sorry, sorry, zombies. Yeah. It, it sounded like River City right there, didn't <laughs> they it? They did. Yeah, I actually cringed a little bit at some of the, the call-outs from the crowd that just kind of felt like disembodied voices, like... It was definitely like a ADR'd in later, and it just did not kind of mix well. It, <laughs> that's a, that's an excellent analogy, Brian. I just wanted to hear everybody going trouble, 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 yeah. trouble, trouble, trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, good one. Oh God, now I got to find some music, man. Music. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to go with the original. Don't uh, no, don't Matthew Broderick it. You know. Oh hell no. No, no covers. No. <sighs> Uh, so, yeah, one of the workers asks if Negan is dead, and the crowd becomes increasingly rowdier and uh, sillier, and Simon evades the question a bit. Regina just shoots one of them in an attempt to regain order, and it looks like they might, you know, either people are either going to cower or they're going to, you know, start rushing them, and silence falls when Negan... His signature whistle enters the hallway. Wait, okay. that's Francis McDormand's whistle from Almost Famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the mom whistle. So maybe that gives us an idea of the Negan yeah. whistle, the Negan family. Yep. Uh, and he's got Gabriel at his side, who immediately kneels with everyone else. It was kind of interesting. Um, and he assures everyone that he's not ready to die yet. And, you know, uh, may I remind you who I am? I wear a leather jacket and I carry Lucille. <laughs> Which is apparently just enough to make you king in this, this world. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, and you got to be willing to use Ducille as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says that the saviors will keep doing what they always do and save people. And someone yells, thank God for you, Negan. And, which I thought <laughs> was a little, little over the top. But And he orders his men to bring Gabriel to a cell gently. So he meets with his lieutenants and Laura and uh, Arat, I think it is, uh, produce a bag of guns that they recovered from Rick's army and report that the weapons were from the Savior Armory and Eugene notices red paint on the bag and connects it with Dwight's red chest figurines because Dwight would be that fucking stupid apparently um, as Rick walks down the road and he sees a helicopter in the sky which surprised me as much as it did Rick yeah, I was surprised too. Yeah. When was the last time we saw a helicopter flying yeah. around? So there wasn't there wasn't a helicopter at that point in the comic books. I remember that. No, I don't. I don't think so. See, they were a lot more realistic about shit in the comics, and there weren't people driving a lot of cars around or anything at this point. You know, it was like no, I don't think they've ever done like an aircraft in the comics, to my knowledge, other than I think the one, you know, the crash with the governor was similar in the comics. But other than that, no. So that's intriguing. Um, at, at one point earlier, though, when they were in the first meeting, I thought Simon's exact words, you know, were like, you know, if everyone doesn't comply, we'll take a flyer and kill the kill a lot of them. So that, to me, almost indicates that the saviors, I think we might end up finding out that the saviors have an even much bigger army than we anticipated. Maybe they do have some aircraft and shit. Because I swear he said, we'll take a flyer and kill everybody there. He did say take a flyer, but doesn't that phrase mean something else? I don't know. I would, like a, flyer to me in military, any kind of military jargon would be an aircraft, I would think. I don't that's know. how I took it. Secret Agent Brian, is that proper, you know, well, that's, covert that's action the, terminology uh, for... Oh. <laughs> Heck, I don't know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on, upon Simon to give us, you know, accurate military, you know, nomenclature. Considering he's more of a thick and veiny kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you got to keep up with the the dickisms when you're when you're under Negan's boot. <laughs> he just doesn't but have respect for you. On the web, that seems to be the the um, consensus, though. That it's probably the Savior's helicopter. Yeah, that's what he. Yeah. That's that's what he's referring to. Yeah. Cool. I don't know. I'd love to see it be some other mystery group. I guess that still also lives in the nice little ten mile radius that everybody lives in. Uh, oh, where are we? Here? Uh, da, 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 yeah, helicopter. His. Computer. All, right, all right. Here we go. Hang on. I have here the definition of take a flyer. Okay. It's basically an idiom that indicates says to do something that could have either good or bad results, to gamble on something risky. Ah, okay. And it's an investment term on somebody who's unwilling to take a flyer on an, on a company. So, mm, all right. See, this, this show is educational and entertaining, folks. Can't beat that for nothing. Um, and that's what it costs nothing. So, because he said, "Well, let's take a flyer and." Kills and kill a whole bunch of them, right? I, right? I guess the gamble would be that killing all of them would keep them in line, but then again, it could not. Yeah. Hmm. I think it could go either way, gentlemen, ladies. See, it pays to have the professional writer on the show sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice twist. 
Um, at the Heaps, well, they are all professional writers because they get paid for it. At the uh, Heaps, apparently, oh no, actually, it's Sanctuary first, uh, Negan pulls uh, Eugene aside and offers to reward him if he can figure out a solution to the herd surrounding the Sanctuary. Or basically, he will kill him quickly if he can't. And, and also His reward is getting to live. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, get us out of this or you're fucked. Um, and we're probably all fucked if you can't get us out of this anyway, so, you know, just make sure you go first. Seems like a kindness. Um, and honestly, I thought we would have had maybe enough time in this episode to make sure, you know, find out if they made it out of it or not, but as I said, we've only covered like 20 minutes of real time in this one. Do you think a uh, zombified Eugene would have the perfect would have a perfect mohawk? I mean mullet. Mullet uh, for a while till you know things started falling out and getting moldy. Well, and you know, hair still does grow after you die. Hair and fingernails continue to grow after the body dies. Probably, yeah. I wonder what the science is on that, as far as it just keeps going for zombies. There'd be a lot of shaggy zombies wandering around though if it just kept growing. <laughs> Oh, should be. I mean, yeah. but when your scalp is rotting, it's also kind of hard to keep the follow. Does balding continue as well? Yeah, <laughs> 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 pretty much everyone gets bald if they, you know, get old enough. So, um, yeah, they're just just falling out. Everything's falling out. You know, when your guts are falling out of your skeleton, you know, your hair is the least of your your troubles. <laughs> I would think. So, we, you, just, we a, you still want to have perfect hair. We we get a shot of the Mad Max heapsters, and uh, guard spots uh, Rick approaching and, and whistles to the other scavengers. And Eugene goes to Gabriel's cell and welcomes him to the sanctuary. He opens the door and we find Gabriel is curled up in a ball, sweating profusely and very very ill. And I guess we don't know whether it's from a bite or not, but we presume not. Um. Or I guess we're probably led to believe that it probably is. He doesn't have to worry about his hair. No, that's no. that's true. But uh, you know, he he was in that 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 uh, what you call it uh, home there with with uh, Negan for a while, mm-hmm. and it was hot in there because there was no AC, obviously. Yeah, and it was, and uh, so they were sweating pretty heavily there. You know, they had to drip it off their noses and everything. And then they go out in the sun and fight a whole bunch of walkers to get into the building. And then after that, you know, it's, okay, is this the point where I die? Is this the point where I die? And then he puts them in solitary confinement, which also doesn't have air conditioning. I mean, Daryl was always a pretty sweaty mess when he was in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Daryl's so, always a pretty sweaty mess. Yeah, well, yeah, Daryl just, yeah, is a mess. But apparently a, 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 an attractive mess because women seem to love him. But Gabriel's all like, well, I'm from Georgia. I don't mind this shit, you know. But I think there's a more obvious reason for why he's he's uh, sick, and that's got to be the chemical waste that we've been seeing. Like, it's Chekhov's chemical waste at this point. Just kind of keep getting little flashes of, you know, shit leaking into water around these compounds and zombies, you know, with green slime on them and shit. So I think they gutted up with some, some toxic zombies, and maybe that's doing it. Mm. Ooh, a lot of fun. <laughs> Makes me hungry. I want more uh, Thanksgiving leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Gabriel murmurs something that they must get Dr. Carson out of the sanctuary. Um, he's Maggie's doctor, and she's going to need his help. Eugene kind of stares at him, you know, 
been unhappy with how the whole situation's unfolding. Eugene's face is pretty much just locked in his usual whiny horror face throughout this entire episode. He's, you know, sure that, especially when they start talking about, oh, there's a rat, you know, there's a wolf in the hen house, uh, He's like, oh boy, I'm gonna, I'm automatically prime suspect here. Fucking great, <laughs> even though I'm not the one doing it. <laughs> if Eugene does nothing else, he whips out all the cliched phrases. Oh yeah, he, he had some good ones this uh, <laughs> this episode, especially when he's talking to Dwight and he brought him pickles. He brought you know Dwight some some of his pickle stash to. What do you call those cukes? Cukes, yep. And uh, you know, the show of thanks for having his back. And Dwight's just like, "You, I'm not your buddy. You're too fucking weird." I was just saying you were right. Looking out for number one here. But I think those two eventually will get to some kind of rebellious alliance to to help out Rick and the crew. Now I want to know. I, I'm I've seen some previews, and it looks like it's Rick at the fucking heapsters again. Is this, like, the whole... Is this the crux of his big fucking attack plan, is just to go there and assume he's going to be able to talk them into helping him again? That what I'm because that worked so well the last time. Right. I mean, is this, like, if someone needs to just shoot him in the face, if that's, like, the, <laughs> the main part of his big plan, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure I can just talk these people into betraying Negan, because we have so much to trade now. Like, I just uh, hope the CGI is better before he falls into the pit to fight Winston again. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So if that, that ends up being the case this week, and uh, that was... Maybe someone thing. will take a flyer and mow down the trash people. And that was, yeah, and that was plan A, then uh, I'm going to have some things to say next week, apparently. But isn't the idea not to have them necessarily help them? It's just like saying if you don't die or else... I mean, help me, help us kill him. I, yeah, I, just, I, I don't, don't know. Don't I, don't I, I thought that's what he was saying by that. I just can't see what, unless Rick's just, I, that's it. Rick's finally going to offer himself up. He knows that Jadis wants to roll in the, the trash with him. And uh, he's going to be like, all right, you want you want the Rickster? Here I am, but you got to betray Negan. So he's he's putting that ass up for trade. As a good leader should. <laughs> I hope they don't help, so that way he shoots them all. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just hope they get annihilated for that. Uh, no, I hope that Jadis knocks Rick on the head and takes him for her personal sex slave for the rest of his life, and the rest of the survivors get on with things and start surviving things, because... Everything's Rick's fault. I'm sorry, folks and fans of The Walking Dead, but Rick is fucked up a lot. <laughs> and I just want to see. Uh, um, Does Rick fuck up this much in the comics? In some ways, but no, it seems to get a lot worse <laughs> in the show. Uh, I don't know, when they were having a fight with Daryl even earlier, I mean, Daryl even kind of had a compromise and not slaughter everybody. He's like, well, let the zombies in the front, and people who want to leave and rebel can get out the back, and, you know, we'll pick and choose who we shoot with snipers, and, you know. So Rick is now just unmoved Mr. Pacifism, and I I just, I don't know where they're going with it. (laughs) I think they're trying to show that that Rick and Negan are not so different than the whole people or resources, you know, ideal. Right. 
And, you know, if you're going to rule a kingdom or whatever, you kind of have to have subjects in order to rule. Well, yeah, absolutely. But um, as I said, he's he's making his people now. He's asking him to go against, you know, his kind of original orders would just kill everybody. And it's obviously had, a, you know, the, the camp that Morgan's in and, well, not in anymore, but, uh, you know, him versus Jesus and Rick versus Daryl and... Terror is not going to be happy about Rick's turn, Rick's change here. No. But the fact the fact of the matter is, and what we saw in this episode is the strategy is good. The strategy is working. You know, Negan's not around for half an hour, and everybody's shitting their pants. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it, the, the you know the, the the sanctuary is falling apart without Negan being there to sit there and and keep everybody in line, and that yeah. is a tenuous grip on reality. It's you know that that, it, that just makes it all the easier. If word were to get out that that's how things were going down in there, then yeah, they probably would do something along the lines of what Daryl was suggesting because that's going to get everybody to snap in line of where they're actually going to be. Right. Well, that's what I think we're seeing the parallel with Rick's group is that things are kind of falling apart, too, because of differing philosophies and a little paranoia and people. Morality. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that damn morality stuff. Yeah, I think we'll, like, see, like, Tara and Daryl, you know, maybe try to a little coup against the Rickster and see how that goes, but he's got Michonne and Jesus on his side, presumably, so... I don't, I don't think, think that would be end a, well for him. <laughs> I don't think it'd be a coup. It'd just be you know one of those table discussions like we we saw it just saw in the kingdom. But you're not going to have Rick at the end beating that end of the table with his baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. he might do it with his penis, but that's you know about <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, it just you know it's it's. Again, I don't think it'll come to blows or anything like that. Going back to that that uh, roundtable discussion, though, was it Gavin as they were heading out the door was sitting there going, you know, Jesus Christ or whatever? Mm-hmm. It said basically under his breath. Yeah, I don't recall. Because it always seemed to be, you know, I mean, not this not this episode county, but Gavin seemed to be the one that would be the easiest to, to turn, but it doesn't look that way because he was the first one to realize... There's a rat. Yeah, so yeah, he seemed to have a little more resolve for the, the saviors, but he, he wasn't exactly standing out front with the workers either when they were about to rebel. So who knows? Um, he just wants to get the hell out of there. He pretty much... Uh, yeah. I'm going to make a prediction. I, I think it is going to come to blows, and I think one of our main group of survivors is going to maybe kill another one. I think it's going to come down to... Maybe Tara is going to be the one to stand, you know, stand up to Rick or something, and, and maybe Maggie, and, and it might not end well for her. <laughs> no. <laughs> or maybe Rick is going to kill Gregory. Ah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know if they'll. Yeah, who knows? Although Maggie's probably, you know. I think he defer to her decision on, on anything at the hilltop. I can say no more without spoiling comics. <laughs> right. Put it that way. <laughs> so I hope they do things a little differently to change it up for me because it's all been going pretty close so far. But yeah, damn, I hope we make a little more. We're only like a day now, a day and a half into the whole war <laughs> in four episodes. So I hope we move the plot along a little bit more next week. It would be kind of nice. 
If, if they're going to do fucking three more episodes, it's kind of, you know, one day filler stuff. Uh, I'm not going to be pleased. We need to see some more shit happening. Anything else? Anyone? I'm Don't still so. enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it. I actually enjoyed the, uh, the Negan Gabriel moments. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. It was definitely nice writing. to see Negan, not as a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, it was some really good acting, really good, um, writing for both of them so yeah which tells me that the cartoon Negan that we see all the time is basically a front yeah yeah and he was right back again you know when he when he came into once he's on stage yeah but I think yeah Negan Negan did need that confession I think uh, Gabriel kind of got some vindication there and that's probably why he's still alive too because he's Negan's new special project whatever that means um so what we got to figure out is how is Negan, this story about Negan going to help uh, down the line? What do you mean, help? I mean, the story about his wife has got to go somewhere. Oh, yeah. Well, doesn't it doesn't it parallel with Morgan? A little bit, yeah. That's what I thought. I mean, that's or the yeah, governor. Yeah, it's exactly what. Uh, yeah, it's Morgan's. just three different sides of what happens when yeah. you can't, or, or when you even, can't let go of a loved one, or let or put them down, even yeah. though you know you should, I guess. Or even Herschel, for that yeah. matter. Yeah. You know, it, and so the question is: Was his wife eventually put down, or is she still out there? Does he have her in a special place? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I never even thought of that. Is Negan going to have to and be unable to put down somebody else down the line? Right. Well, that's that's the idea behind keeping. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's got so many wives. He really fucked up because he's got a lot of wives. (laughs) Which one does he choose, or does he choose them all? Well, it ain't a Sophie's choice, that's for sure. Nope. (laughs) But that was a good scene too, when when uh, you know. Gabriel was kind of listing his sins, and he's like, "You forced all these women to become your wife." And he's he says, you know, Negan says like they all had a choice, but it was it felt like you know no choice at all. Yeah, right. yeah, basically such bullshit. Yeah. It was it was the best of bad choices. Yeah, well, I, I thought he was channeling here Harvey Weinstein there for a second. You know, oh, kind of excuse that. Wow, <laughs> that Weinstein. You know, they could, could have decided not to be in that movie that would have made them millionaires, you know, or whatever. But uh, it's kind of almost the same situation. <laughs> I just want you to watch me in my robe while holding Lucille. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, creep, creep, creep. Um, I don't know. Yeah, obviously this this was like the most exposed Negan's ever been to the audience, and um, I, that's as much as well. I mean, they just did the here's Negan thing in the comics, which I haven't read yet, which was like a little short thing about his backstory, and so it's kind of interesting that the the show itself is giving us some insight into him. Yeah, great scenes, but that's now, all there, I got. There had been a rumor going around that Abraham was supposed to have an appearance in this episode. Now, I'm assuming it would have been like a flashback with uh, with um, Eugene. Had right. y'all heard anything about that? I think I did read that, too, or at least saw the headline, Brian, yeah. And uh, I think I probably just went, I don't care, and passed by it. But, yeah, maybe it just ended up on the cutting room floor or something. Cause... 
Also, it's not it's not going to be he and Simon having a mustache duel. No, it's <laughs> unfortunate. You know, man, if only yeah. we could have had those two face off more. Now, I, I will say that back in the day, I did have that boxing game that Eugene was playing on the Which Atari. I didn't notice what he was playing, but I probably did too. What was it, Punch Out or something like that? No, it was just the straight generic boxing game that came out with the first run of Atari games. Yeah, oh, I had that too. Yeah, yeah. Atari yeah, punch, punch Out is far too advanced for uh, Eugene's uh, video gaming sensibilities. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all Nintendo, too, and he's more right, of an yeah. 8-bit kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his hair is 80s, his video game loves his 80s. All right, I'm going to call it because my tooth is killing me even worse than when I started this, so I'm going to stop talking now and watch something. So... For Fear of the Walking Dead cast, that's us. Brian, Beth, Mike, I'm Scott. Bye now. See ya. See ya. Adios. Riverdale, Chief. Mothers of River City, heed that warning before it's too late. Watch for the telltale signs of corruption. The minute your son leaves the house, does he rebuckle his knickerbockers below the knee? Is there a nicotine stain on his index finger? A dime novel hidden in the corn crib? Is he starting to memorize jokes from Captain Billy's whiz-bang? Are certain words creeping into his conversation? Words like, like swell. Aha, and so's your old man. But if so, my friends, you got trouble. Right here in River City. With a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. We surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Plymouth Rock and the Golden Rule. Our children, 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 children.